making up stuff that he's saying, right? No. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Merry Mater Marvel Society. I am your host, one of your hosts, Davin, and uh, the Star Mater with me, the Star Mater of the evening, my my cousin Dave. Hello, there, hello, Dave. and good evening from from. Uh, yes, I'll be the token Mater here today. Exactly. Nice. And with us, as always. Is Jameel Robinson as well? Salute, everyone. And that was all of our first time oh. seeing that intro. Mur- Murphy does those intro videos up, and that was that was excellent, good, Murphy. Murphy. Well, well done. I was not expecting the remix on the hooked on a feeling to come uh, at the end there. So I was, liked it. That I was quite something. That song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Guardians we're gonna Gal- we're spoiling the hell out of this, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh, we spoiler. Got a spoiler. Spoiler alert. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Can't blame us now. That's for sure. No, no cease and desist letters. No angry emails. Nothing coming our way. So, as we do every time. Well, first off, initial thoughts, fellas. I'll let you go first, Jamil, if you'd like. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Someone asked me this very question about about uh, seven hours ago before I started my drive back. I just came back from Chicago and um, I told them that I was still digesting the information. So uh, to summarize this, because it was supposed to be short, I liked it. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah, it was a tone. You have to listen to the tone as well. Okay. Well, I liked it. It was like a question mark was at the end. Yes. Okay. Um, I would say this was a really good installment. I think uh, it's gonna take me a while to process it completely. I think it was uh, a lar- It was very like dark and interesting, and I thought it had some. Uh, it was. It was. A, it was a, a, a very thoughtful conclusion to the entire you know, story of the this group of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, I was expecting somebody to die, and then they didn't. So there was kind of some fake outs there. Um, I don't know if that would have made it better if they had actually killed one of these characters, but overall, I'd say that this was a pretty good movie overall, like just aside from it being an installment in the MCU. And I think it was a very good conclusion to the Guardians, but it kind of is a continuation and we're going to get like sort of a new era here. So, yeah, I'm kind of have to lean towards what you're saying there, Dave. I think, um, I really liked this movie and I was very tired. Now, I'm going to throw uh, X-Man Dan under the bus here. I was supposed to meet X-Man Dan and Lindsay to see this movie in the afternoon. But he had bought the tickets and then told me the wrong, or didn't confirm which theater we were going to when I asked him which theater. So I showed up to the wrong one. So there was no showing for me to see at the theater I went to. So I had to go back for a late showing. So I was very tired. So... I even nodded off during a scene, I think, but I don't. I think I was only out for a few seconds. I'm pretty sure I remember this whole movie. <laughs> We're gonna talk about it, and then if your like memory's not completely uh, but, like... clear here, we'll we'll. we'll but, do you remember this happened? What that yeah, happened? I think you might have dreamt this part of the movie, David. I don't know. So. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, great villain. Um, a lot of the scenes were hard to watch. Not 
in like a bad movie kind of way, but it's just, you know, all the, you know, abuse against animals and even children as far mm-hmm. as imprisonment goes. Um, yeah, yeah, it was like, and it was, it was all just so heart-wrenching, the, the story. Yeah, yeah. Rocket and his and Lila and his and Teeth's and Floor, his his buddies. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that stuff was all very sad. Um, yeah, but like, that's yeah. good. Saddest like, I, movie I, ever. They went yeah. for it, you know. Like the, they it, it, it was, there were real stakes. There were real like uh, like things happened, and there was there was like real like um, trauma and like you know interesting sort of like dynamics here and revenge and like and 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 uh kind of uh what what this high evolutionary stood for and everything else i thought it was a very it was like its own interesting movie on its own um in just how things were playing out but in terms of this conclusion you know but i thought like the humor worked for me still you know but there was also some of these more like real character moments and driven things like where the characters are yelling at each other or having it out and i thought that stuff really worked well um but contrasted with the jokes uh fine like you know in a good way um i thought that this villain was incredibly um menacing and like one of the most the best villains we've had in a while in a single movie balls Um, to the wall evil too yeah, just completely like just like irre- irredeemable. Uh played yeah. by Chick Woody Wooji, uh, who was he was on Peacemaker, which I like I loved James Gunn did one season of like that Peacemaker. We'll see if there's more uh, uh spinning off from the Suicide Squad, which he's now going to go do over at DC. And I thought it was it was just awesome how um he brought him over from Peacemaker and throw him into this villain role as the high evolutionary, and it was like awesome, it would just work so well. And he was so good, he was really good on uh Peacemaker as well. And James so Gunn thing, came out and said he's the best actor he's ever worked with. Oh. That's that's what yeah. him over. One thing I would like to add is that um with a lot of these characters kind of having their own moments post volume two, um, it makes sense why the Christmas special happened to kind of reset and establish a status quo that we can just jump off from from volume for volume three because it would have seemed too much of a jump from end game to here or or even um yeah for even yeah, after thor too um yeah where they set up shop on nowhere and everything like that yeah. yeah one thing i did like was they didn't try to take the easy way out with a lot of characters because it could have been um Gamora suddenly remembers or Gamora is, you know, enamored with the Guardians and, you know, decides to to stay. Everything felt real in terms of what the characters would do in their, with their motivations. And I appreciate that greatly. It didn't feel like all of a sudden they do this because this is what the audience might want. It, it always felt like this organically is what the characters, what the direction the characters would go in as presented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to say off the top of that, I owe James Gunn an apology because this was written Ooh. and directed by James Gunn. And after the Christmas special, I had declared, I don't know if it was on camera or not, <laughs> that I, th- I thought James Gunn's best may have been behind him. And I don't think that's the case now. I mean, I still think the best Guardians that's ever been is that initial jailbreak scene in the first one. But I, I like this one a lot better than Guardians 2. And 
In some ways, I think it's a better movie than Guardians One. Uh, I, I think it yeah, kind of is. is, yeah. Like I think yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it's it might be the best film. It, like it's going to take a while. I think I'm going to have to see this another time before I can fully digest it. But um, I think that it's got it, it, it. It's not. It's not one of these like throwaway movies. Like a lot of these last mm. few installments. Like I felt like the Ant Man movie didn't really work like nearly as well as this one did in terms of just like how it was able to sort of pull on the emotions and like, you know, make you really care about what was, what was going on and that there was kind of stakes with these characters. Uh, I, as well. I think um, with Ant-Man, what I just talked about in terms of characters, all of a sudden kind of acting to fit a narrative as opposed to doing what the characters should do as characters like their motivations i think that that was a problem with ant-man looking back at it where it's just like all of a sudden ant-man starts you know doing this and you're like why is he doing it that doesn't really it seems like somewhat of a jump uh concerning your your volume one versus uh versus three i don't think it's fair to to compare them in terms of this one is better than the other because i don't think either of them work without the other volume one is stronger with how great volume three is and um really looking back at specific uh important points uh, we appreciate it more when you hear even in volume two um and i think volume three is uh, is able to work so well based upon the work that has been made in volume one and volume two yeah 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 well, here's that's uh like as we often do here. Uh, I like to randomly assign different jobs to my co-hosts. Um, so I think uh, tonight, uh, it's well, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone. Uh, Dave, you're going to take us through the plot with oh, I nowhere goes somewhere plot. with Dave. You want me to give you the plot, huh? Yeah, nowhere goes somewhere, which is no. a nice nod to the, what happens in this movie. There, he, he well, this movie that. picks up pretty much where oh, we. One second, one second, and 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 where you may, if you if you perhaps fail at times, or or trip or stumble, that's where we have, what a bunch of plot holes with Jamil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, you feel free to stop me, Jamil, and let me know where my plot holes are, or if I've forgotten to hit a, a major beat here. But uh, sure, um, I think I can tell you what happened in this movie. I only saw it two I guess, years ago, so and I have some imagery to ho hopefully go along with. Oh, okay, description. Well, but oh, well, hold nice on. Uh, you have imagery. Hey, there's a poster there. Pretty cool. Yeah. Going a little '90s with this one, of course, with the the soundtrack and stuff. My least favorite soundtrack of the three movies. I don't know if I... Yeah, I haven't really uh, put these all songs together and listened to them all like in order like I have with the other two movies. So I'll have to see how I feel about the, the two soundtracks. Um, I, I was liking the songs that were over the scenes that he picked them for. So that worked for me in the movie. Um, we get Creep, I think, starts us off in this movie. is like the first song, yeah. Yeah. an acoustic version, the Radiohead. And um, this is like, so we pick up on the where the holiday special left off with the Guardians. We've seen the Guardians a couple times since, since Avengers. Um, like we saw them in the Thor movie and then, the, and then the, the Christmas special. And so they're back here, but we see Peter Quill's all depressed. 
um you know he's drinking himself to death over the gamora thing and so that's like you know even though he had a nice christmas with kevin bacon that seems to uh <laughs> not necessarily be driving things so but while he's depressed and they're kind of dealing with these things um adam warlock attacks the uh nowhere which is now the base of the guardians like you know if you didn't see the christmas special you wouldn't know that but um yeah like adam warlock who we saw was teased at the end of guardians 2 which was like back in like 2018 or something i don't even know what year that guardians 2 came out anymore um it was a Seems while a ago, while ago. right mm-hmm. but adam warlock had been teased in that thing and then uh, you know he shows up here he's like a very powerful being well, I know it's from the comic books, but I've never, I'm not, he's not a character like that I know necessarily or have any kind well, of uh, well, nostalgia we, for. We have a, we have a, a, a banner for that as well. But it's, a, but in the comics. So mm-hmm. yeah, Adam Warlock was just created by a bunch of scientists called the Enclave in the comics. And he was basically their attempt to make a perfect being. They just called him one. That's all he was called. Or him. They called him him. Right. Um, and then they eventually created another one, her. Um, but so yeah, he was just super powerful. And then he's like connected to the Mind Stone. Like he sometimes lives in there. Um, yeah, well, he had the soul. Stone. Does he have the? He's no, it's the souls. No, it's the soul stone. stone. Yeah, it's so he should have been part of the Infinity yeah. Saga, but he wasn't. So now they're bringing him in here instead. Which, yeah. okay, like I don't care. But he not... well, he is a part of the. Guardians of the Galaxy, like the, of all the Guardians movies, another reason why I think I really like this one is it's based on the Abnett and Landing run, which they all are because that's where these characters came from. Right. But a lot of them, but like these uniforms, yep, straight out of the Abnett and Landing run. Like, yep. these are the Guardians uniforms I like the red and the and was the, also the game, blue. too. Oh, really? Excellent. Yeah. Right yeah, on. Yeah. So. And so in this attack, Adam Warlock comes in because he we knew he was from the, the Sovereign or whatever. Like we saw them in the last movie. They were kind of antagonists in, in two. And so he attacks. He's very powerful. And the whole Guardians are struggling. He's like tearing Groot to pieces. Mm-hmm. And you know, they can't really stop him. But I think Nebula is finally the one who's kind of like uh, he's, he's just able to sort of neutralize him a little bit. But in this process, Drax, Drax was holding him off yeah. quite a bit by himself. Drax was, yeah, they have a big fight. And in this, um, a rocket gets really hurt and they can't give him any kind of medical attention because uh, his implants prevent any kind of medical treatment. You know, there's like it locks them out. So they have to kind of get the manufacturer's codes or something to unlock what's what's stopping them from giving him the treatment he needs. His lungs are filling up with fluid and he's hurt. Jamil, okay. you want to stop me there with a plot hole? Just, <laughs> just to clarify, um, there was a, a kind of a not a dead man switch, but any type of um, work that was done on um, on Rocket would automatically create a self destruct sequence. So they were trying to bypass that, and they couldn't because they needed the code to be able to uh, get to his internal systems and work on it. So just just a little clarification there. Okay okay that's good yeah and then so they have to they're like how are we gonna help him we have to go to where he comes from but he's never talked about his backstory too much it's too much too much trauma so they have to go find this and i can't remember who leads them on to that the journey to where they have to go but so (laughs) okay um (laughs) so (laughs) i'm sorry i'm already stepping in um Upon, you know, reviewing the systems, they noticed that um, uh, 
they need to get a, a hold of I think it's um Orgacorp Org Corp or Orgo Corp or something like Orgo that. Corp. Yeah. And so Nebula states that he ha- she has a contact that can um help them get infiltrate to uh, get the information because they would have like the system was matching up stating that um, it was connected. So uh, that's how they kind of found out that they need to go to um, Orgocorp. Orgocorp. Yes. They have to go to Orgocorp and then they all decide they have to head there in the ship. And then, um, and not all the guardians go because like James Gunn's brother, whoever his character's name is. Craglin. Craglin. And the and the dog Cosmo Cosmo the dog Cosmo, who's a great character again from that Abnett and Landing run yeah voiced by Maria Bakalova who was a, like in the you know Borat two and stuff like she's really funny yes. um, and good, uh, good yeah, dog. The, the the bad dog joke was really funny too like you're a bad dog don't really <laughs> no don't say it you know? it's just like it kind of was it There's really eight won. different scenes where, yeah. like, she brings they keep bringing it, it back she just can't get over it yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't it doesn't get old. And like the whole like the people in my audience were like, no, tell don't tell her she's a bad dog. Like they, people were really getting into it. You know? Uh they were really feeling for, for this. You don't dog. believe that. You don't believe I am bad dog. <laughs> yeah. The fact that this dog would object to it. Yeah. It was it was funny. But also during yeah, so they stay behind um on nowhere. And then as they're going, I think there was like flashbacks with uh what's like because rack like rocket is unconscious and then we find it we see like you know how he was sort of created uh or like you know mutated i guess from a common raccoon or baby raccoon so it starts to get sad really so based upon um if you're fans of the show you're also watching our sister shows uh including hold up and in hold up it was mentioned in the outer sight review that one particular member of this panel absolutely dislikes flashbacks. So when I'm watching this movie, I'm just wondering to myself, is this person having an experience that they're enjoying because <laughs> they don't like this format well, of I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Jamil. Okay. I had to. You brought that I had up, to. It, would have been, it wouldn't have been fair. It wasn't me. I, I, no, I don't mind honestly, flashbacks. That's why I faded out in the first act of this movie. And actually, I think I may have fell asleep twice. Again, I was really tired. But it was during the flashbacks both times. Um, and yeah, that was my least favorite part of this movie is because there were too many. Like, I, I, I would rather have just gotten that. I don't think it added a lot to the narrative to break it up. I could have just got all that in, uh, Rocket Backstory in one or at least two scenes. I don't think the spots where they dropped in the pieces of it necessarily had this narrative flow where they needed to be in that spot yeah i think i, I figure it's the mall rat um it's the role mall rat um conundrum which is uh mall rat and original mall rats the movie originally had this um this sequence prior to uh prior to the the main storyline going on um kind of like a, a setting up situations ended up being like 30 40 minutes and one of the notes that kevin smith got was so it takes 30, 40 minutes for the movie Mall Rats to get to the mall, <laughs> right? We, right? We need to figure something out. We need to get to the mall as quickly as possible because that's when the story picks up. So that's what the movie is. Yeah. yeah. Either it is the course of dropping it or somehow it has to be incorporated another way through the storytelling method. 
and he dropped it and just changed things up. That's, but it is that's it why is there are question. scenes in Mallrats that don't make sense. Yes, and the yes. he's like my neighbor. It's like, what are you talking about? There's a lot of like dubbing too. They have to dub out certain lines because there's this yeah. whole like there's this whole original clip where it's like this uh, the governor's ball and there's like machine yeah. guns or something. It's, and it's, it's awful. It's, like, yeah, as much it's, as it's awful. You know, whoever that producer is, um, Kevin Smith owes them like uh, everything. A good, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, so the movie would be so different. I gotta respond to this call out a little more. So, Jamil, the difference between out of sight in this movie, though, is at least all of those flashbacks were like super interesting in this movie and like you know, hard to watch again. They were very, like, uh, yeah, very difficult subject matter, but not out of sight. Out of sight was just, I would disagree, but moving on. I, I liked that it was difficult subject matter, and I think that it gave a lot of, like, uh, importance to the, you know, a lot of people are like, I can't see this animal cruelty. I'm like, I, I, I agree. It's very heinous, and I don't enjoy it seeing it, but it's like, I think you need to sort of uh, have that as part of um, the emotions and sort of how, like, this thing is going to play as a storyline, and, like, it really made the movie so much more um, heightened heightened yeah and it felt like more personal and like there was just there was definitely like more like stronger emotions than like oh ch even those children i didn't care about the children so much i was like oh those Man, animals you know like, animals. Terrible person. you're a terrible person i'm just so i'm just like there's always children just thrown in at the end you know but um and uh yeah. but like, you're not a jib yeah. chip yeah anyway so so I, I, like there was all these flashbacks and they were like you know and they were very like uh horrific with like all the different science experiment like characters uh the otter and like the walrus and the bunny uh Not the were, otter yeah or whatever she was twyla twyla lila she's from the comics like they're in the comics they're from half world and she yeah. was his girlfriend yeah the rocket was like the cop on half world yeah, yeah, like which yeah. was like Counter Earth, whereas it was populated by a bunch of anthropomorphic animals, but they weren't created by the high evolutionary in the comics. So, Man, do you want me to do you want to handle the flashback sequences? Yeah, whatever I've left out. Um, okay, so one of them um, breaks my heart completely in half, though. Okay, one of these flashbacks. So, uh, we're introduced to to Rocket who was not known as Rocket at that time, as he was um, an, an animal in a cage with a bunch of other animals. I don't want to... That's an important plot point that comes later on. He was subject and, uh, 0847 or something. CP. Wasn't it CP? Or 89 CP. Yeah. Um, and he's taken out um, of his cage, and he is um, evolved, and um, not necessarily evolved, but tinkered with... Uh, and he is shown um, a great deal of intelligence um, and intuitiveness. And he is introduced to a set of other animals, like Dave mentioned, um, Floor, um, uh, Lila. Uh, Chiefs. <laughs> well, do, you, do you know who did the voice of, of Lila? No. Linda Cardellini from uh, Dogma. Oh, wow. Oh, but she like, was in Dogma. The Last Scion, right? Oh, really? That one? Yeah, her. Wow. You mean her? From like uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, that's Linda Card. Yeah, Linda Cardinini. Am, 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 am I mixing her? Wrong up? person. Wrong person. Wrong person. Yes. Damn it. That's that's what I was like. Wait, she was in a Hollywood film again? 
Anyways, this is the one who's married to, to uh, somebody else. Okay, never mind. So her second um, MCU role, because uh, she played, um, uh, she plays uh, what's it called again the uh, Clint's um, wife, who's also oh, an she's Clint, she's she's Hawkeye's wife. Yeah, that's yeah. where I know her from. Okay. Anyways. Um, as we've seen this, the flashbacks, the high evolutionary is, um, you know, showcasing exactly what his issue is and taking Rocket along. And Rocket is able to point out a specific issue flaw in his um, his um, evolver machine, um, because initially any um, animal that they evolved would have extreme bouts of aggression um, due to the process. And Rocket was able to determine um, by looking at the machine to immediately point out the flaw which they were able to to fix and this issue always um bothered the high evolutionary how he was trying to figure out exactly how rocket was able to determine this information which he couldn't see and which others could not see as well right what is so special about um what we who we know as rocket to be able to see that on his own they yeah. continue well, my only question was about like the high evolutionary himself, right? And I was like, how powerful is he? Because we see that he's able to sort of like uh, throw around Adam Warlock very easily because he's kind of created the sovereign and whatever. And he's kind of like this crazy genetic scientist, mad scientist kind of character who's, I guess, been around all along, but they've no one else has ever run into him. And he, he has like all these like powers where he can control gravity and like crush people but then so, at the same time he's losing to like Groot and um, so before you before Davin um, jumps in and says in the comics in terms of the story and what we're seeing yeah what we see um, in this movie yeah, yeah like in I'm the movie about... the high evolutionary is a normal uh, being not a human mind you because he references going to earth and experiencing um as like an outsider the art entertainment and uh, the architecture that is introduced but the population the personality of humans is something that was that could have been improved upon he is a very intelligent individual who uh, spent a lot of his time working on developing and evolving species and creating his own species. But soon after he started to, and I believe it's after the rocket event, right? When rocket escapes is when he, he um, turned his work inward to improve himself. Cause once he fixed his face, he also um, improved his abilities, uh, telekinesis um, from what I understand I don't think it is just gravity. It's actually telekinesis. Okay. Um, and so he's, but he's mortal. He's not like any kind of celestial or anything. Is he down no. or what, what, what is he? Well, well in the comics, um, got to put, um, well, he's, 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 he's a, he's a regular guy. He's a human named Herbert Windham. He's a human. Windagore. Yeah. But he, in this, he's not a human. He's yeah, some kind from, of alien, right? Like in this it, movie. It would have, yes. Cause he says he visited earth. Yeah, yeah. So he, he doesn't he, say he like I came home to Earth once, you know. And... No, but so. I think they should have made him a human since he made a counter Earth, and it would have made more sense. I think that was one of the weaker story points in the movie: is the fact that he's an alien, but he just decided to copy Earth and its animals just because he liked its music. It's just like, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. I'd rather him have just been put a more human of a reason he why he was drawn to Earth 
Yeah, like exactly. maybe um, Yondu captured him when he was younger as well, and um, when he returned home from being so far, like they could have, they could give him more of a backstory and get you know, but they don't give us really that. He's just this bad guy who tortured Rocket, and that's kind of his the, the earliest versions we're seeing. And he was doing all kinds of experiments before that. But yeah, so so, so yeah, on the to answer your question about how powerful he is, it's just like well, in the comics. Um, like he's gone toe to toe with apocalypse, like just fist to fist and stuff. Like, so he's super, super, yeah. like S tier, as they say, powerful, right? Um, yeah, he can, he could, like, he can handle the guardians by himself, yeah, it's no problem. He's like Dr. Yeah. Doom level powerful, yeah, yes. Dr. Doom's a good comparison, but with less magic and more just extreme evolutionary science, yes. right? Um, I re- my one of my comic re- memories, first comic memories of the High Evolutionary was um, during the Clone Saga. They kind of woven him in a little bit, and Peter takes a swing at him, and he does not like move. Peter like like cradles his fist because it his like it did nothing to him whatsoever. Right, right. This this uh this shot did nothing to him. So. But in this movie, they don't even make him that powerful. He's more of just a guy, oh. some kind of another alien. He is powerful, but he's not hes not immortal or he's not like, he doesn't no, seem like he's omnipotent no. or anything. Um, and, Bit of a he's downgrade. A, he's about, he's, yeah, but they, they don't, it doesn't really matter that he's not like this imposing threat as much because he's so much more evil and, and, and despicable. Um, I will say he's got, seems to have like an insane amount of tech resources. Like he, yeah. At the end yes. of this movie, when like th- he destroys Counter Earth, he already says we'll just go to like the new colony. He's already has another Counter Earth waiting. Right. Like so, he just has like insane amount of scientific resources. Yeah, he seems pretty resourceful. Which, which, um, yeah. And, and you know, whatever. he hangs out in the Savage Land and Wonder Gore Mountain in the comics. But oh, before we move on from those flashbacks, one of these scenes I think, as far as um our uh memorable marvel moments mm. yes um i find it interesting that you guys mentioned that it's taking time to digest this movie and i agree but what i find is it's just sticking with me i keep it, scenes and, and stuff keep popping into my mind i found it was a very powerful movie and one of those marvel moments for me was when rocket comes back and he's still a little raccoon and he's got like the metal because they just did brain surgery on him and he's got like the metal plate on his head and they're lila's talking to him and it's his first word. He's just like realizing he's like terrified. Like the fear they show in this little raccoon is just heartbreaking. And because I've seen the little scared raccoons. I mean, you just startle them on your deck and they act like that. So, you know, they like mm-hmm. to <laughs> they like to cry you a river a little bit, baby raccoons. But um he says he figures out he can speak and his first very first word is hurt. And it's it's the most heartbreaking little it sounds just like my daughter. She says that, like when she's like has like an earache or something. She just goes hurt, and it sounds exactly like Rocket. Man, I started crying in theater. I don't think I stopped crying for the rest of the movie. It, it, it was just like yours I think was it was because it's late. Yours is one yeah. long, uh, consistent cry, as opposed. Yeah, to... Yeah, man, I didn't even know if it was because it was late. I kept going like, "Why are my eyes still watering? Is it the movie or is because I'm late? Like, I don't. It's I don't know." Maybe. Dave, but, how many times you cried? There's a lot of waterworks. I don't think I cried this movie. Heartless, like, uh, heartless. not heartless. I like heartless. It, the, the movie was emotional, but it, I wasn't crying per se. Um, it was. I thought that it had some um, 
good highs and lows and it was kind of i was really there and it was i was present and uh you know i felt bad for a lot of the the characters and, and creatures in this movie and different things but i wasn't compelled to tears um not sure why uh i think i was having a good time in this movie you know more than i had a good time, time too but it was a good it got me three times yeah I, uh, Devin, i understand yeah. what you were saying but it wasn't that it was when yeah. he talked about leaving right with his friends right and going into the sky forever that just oh, oh yeah like that part too oof. yeah and uh, you you, you kind of you're like you know that it didn't work out right because you see where rocket is now and you've seen the history it's like never mentioned them something happened right and he's so sad and like grief stricken he's just like i'm sorry i got you all killed i'm so so sorry and she's just yeah. like oh it's all good man the sky's blue up, up here and you know we're chilling right <laughs> she's out there at peace yeah. um yeah. yeah and so like i guess the next part of the movie like after like not covering the flashbacks all like sort of we've kind of talked about a lot of that with rocket and everything uh i guess is with you know gamora comes into the story you know as they're trying to find um ogre corp or whatever it's called and the higher evolutionary ogre corp and so they, they 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 end up with the ravagers who gamora is now joined she's a ravager and she's but she's like the gamora from this alt that alternate timeline with thanos and so she doesn't remember the guardians movies and um and she well, really she never experienced it not that yeah I, she would I have didn't... if she hadn't been pulled out of that timeline yeah i didn't like the fact that they kept on saying you don't remember it's like of course she doesn't remember she never experienced it yeah she That's... couldn't remember because it wasn't yeah. her but it would you know but yeah that was annoying um so they she's in but she's not into peter quill who's like oh my god she calls him quinn or whatever like there's some funny stuff <laughs> and um you know and sylvester, sylvester stallone yeah i forgot he was in these movies uh you know as this ravager character Sylvester Stallone. You also yeah you got um who else um michael rosenbaum makes another appearance as well as martin x and, yeah, he um, was in. Yeah, I was like, hey, Michael Rosenbaum's in this movie. Michelle Yao, I think, made another appearance as well. Michelle Yao, who's who, who's also already in another mar like uh, she was in Shang Chi, right? And yeah, uh, you know the Ten Rings and all that. Um, yeah, so she, so they get her, and then they they there's that whole scene where they're in the, the colored spacesuits that you see in the trailer, where they're kind of going into Orgocorp with with Gamora, and you know the the, the whole thing with like the colors and like you know he put he you know yellow is red, red is green, and whatever like you know that was all hilarious. Um, I will say they redeemed Drax in this movie. I was really down on Drax in this his sort of portrayal of Drax in general was getting old especially in the christmas special yeah you uh, didn't like, like him in that address that all. no right, they yeah. address that in this like he starts calling people out on them just thinking he's stupid and him being the stupid joke all the time right and they like kind of develop his character a bit or is better him. explain his character which if mm -hmm. you go back to the beginning you don't see this war dumb warrior Right, you see this grief, grief stricken father who's lost mm -hmm. his his father yeah. and his daughter, and right? his wife, his wife and daughter. Yeah, his wi wife and daughter. Yeah, Moon Dragon um, in the comics, Kamaria in the movie. Yeah, and like I thought that uh, the, the the whole stuff where they had to infiltrate Orgo Corp that was funny with Nathan Fillion's mm -hmm. there. He's wearing that ridiculous like he was great. suit, and like yeah, I've got an idiot 
guy too and like that stuff was funny and, uh, <laughs> the state he looks back at the dude it's just like yeah I'm, 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 real long stare too just... <laughs> yeah yeah so like how they uh it was it was working uh, this adventure was working for me as they were like also you know doing their quips too and their long, jokes and long, stuff it was you know and then um they they split up at one point and they have to like get the information to help rocket and i think and then they take this woman hostage for a while and gamora is being all ruthless like ravager and um and chris pratt's uh star lord is just like you came back a dick and you're all you know you shouldn't be pointing guns and trying to kill people you know we were better than this and she's like i wasn't in your stupid group and uh i don't you know so there's a lot of like that kind of going on um they also point out like they they kind of redeem quill in terms of they address the end game you know him losing his temper you know um they also he's been portrayed somewhat especially in game as like a buffoon whereas Mm -hmm. um and even this one gamora kind of feels that he's a buffoon where you know he's trying to use his his um, seduction skills to get what he wants and then it, it later plays off when it, it does work. It's like, no, I wasn't going to, you know, talk to them to try to convince them with my heart. I'm not dumb. I mean, you know, he does that to, to trick them. He's, it's, it's not, there is a plan in head. He isn't a complete idiot, right? He right. might do things that might be foolish, but he isn't an idiot. Very different. Yes. Yeah. And so they, 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 they get, they get out of that place eventually. Um, with the but like Drax gets shot in the chest and uh like they but they 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 fight their way out. I can't remember exactly all the details of it. And then <laughs> Nebula uh, gets messed up a bunch of times in this yeah, movie. Bunch of luckily times. she can put herself back together each time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah, to Rocket. Head just gets bent completely over back. Her neck that gets like great, snapped great. around <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um so and that's... then uh I can't what happens after that? I guess more stuff with the high evolutionary, maybe um they they have they go is that where they go to like the planet with um with all the the, the counter, counter earth counter, counter earth, earth with all the animal people they they know? realize that they the the information isn't there and that they have to they have to go and find the high evolutionary right so right you go to counter earth right and um you can continue they go to Counter Earth, and that's like the scene we see in some of the trailers where like they, they land there, and it looks like people, but then it it looks like they're landing on Earth, but it's actually like this planet of like, like it's like some people, people are buddies and like different animals, <laughs> and we you know we, like after after seeing like the the flashbacks with Rocket, you know you have context for who what this planet is, you know, and why is why are they all different animals and they're all like different species, isn't that kind of weird? But it kind of does make sense within with, with, that you have more of this context filled in. And so, yeah, like you see the scene where Jack, Drax throws like the the ball at the kid's face, and then they attack them, and then <laughs> it all goes wrong from there. Yeah, I guess they had their own language. These aliens or these like creations of the high evolutionary, and so they end up with yeah. this like one particular couple, like this one woman that was on the street who they can't really talk to. Like they're just like hello, and like they're kind of talking, just like you know, like especially like, Star Lord at her. Yeah, and then you know, eventually she like they come in the, the house and like Drax keeps laying on the couch and not like he's like, well, why would why would I lay on it if it's meant to be laid out? Like, no, you're supposed to sit on it shoulder to shoulder. It was like some of those those jokes were sticking with me. I think that was funny. Um, Devin, what's your opinion on a couch? 
Uh, what, as, in what? In what <laughs> terms? Are you are you to sit shoulder to shoulder, or is it one something that you can lay on? Was Drax right? Oh man, you lay on a couch. You always lay on a couch. There you go. So well, Star Lord was well, not you. a guest in the first few minutes. I think you have to like at least have been over oh, for no. for at least well, an hour. I mean, you maybe not put your feet up right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put the timer on an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it depends like... on the couch. Like, if you go, you're showing up at somebody's cabin or cottage or something, and there's a dusty old couch. Just you know, you can hop right up on that thing, put your feet up, kick the dust off it. Yeah, you know. I think I, you know, like if it's a context new couch, is everything. Depends how well I know these people. Or where I'm going with the couch, you know. I I think that you know Drax uh, was Drax right, Dave? No, Should I don't think he was played? right, but he had a point, maybe. So if that makes any sense, um, so they give them the car, I think, and then they they so like Peter and Nebula, Nebula go off and, on and Groot and Groot, yeah, and then I guess Mantis and Drax go another way. No, Mantis and, and Drax are supposed to stay and guard um, Rocket, right? Gamora does not want to go. Gamora doesn't want to even be any part of this. She wants to get out, but they're like they don't have time to take her back to the Ravagers, and so she's yeah. kind of like. And we see that she kind of called Adam Warlock or in in the. Sovereign she tries to contact her ship, but the um, the communicator was stolen um, by um, one of the um, by the Sovereign. So they were able to piggyback the information, and uh, when they were communicating, uh, got the location of where Counter X was. So Warlock was heading there within the ship with the Sovereign. Okay. Yes. Well, well said. So all that it's happened. An interesting backstory we get on the Sovereign there too. That they were created by the High Evolutionary. Too. Yeah, I was like, I was fine with that. That made it more like, like made some things make more sense i guess and like and why they are the way they are and whatever um and why this high evolutionary would have more power just beyond what we kind of see here because he's kind of created entire races so they, he's a god to a lot of different people um so i thought that was you know that was interesting and so there's a lot of action there on the planet and then they get into he the, would say there are no gods and that's why he stepped up that's what he, that is kind of what he says um we also see like these other creatures you create, like War Pig and this other like uh, you know <laughs> War Pig, yeah. Uh, like it was like it looked Rocks like a gathered like, in uh, his masses, bebop and rock steady <laughs> kind of looking, kind of like cybernetic creatures, you know. It kind um, of remind me of um the uh, the cyborg cybernetic um humans from Judge Dread, the bad one. Yeah, like like or like the with the cannibals too. Yeah. Yeah, um, easily the goriest Marvel movie too. Like they slaughter people left and right oh, yeah. in this movie. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> after the trailer is like, no, we're not gonna kill anybody, or like Jackson, like one kill one stupid guy with no friends and nobody likes him or whatever. He's <laughs> like, that's yeah. so hard. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, just making just, it sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then we see like they eventually do start killing all of like the high evolutionaries, like um, lackeys and whatever. And so yeah, they like, massacre them. They don't just like kill them. They're like slaughter them yeah, like, i think like yeah, star lord says to groot like now we kill everybody or something right yeah. he do. does he says kill them all it's like what is <laughs> yeah what is this movie yeah, yeah um, it's a crazy movie but way to yeah. go yeah so th like they're, they're on the, the the thing and like there's a lot of the high evolutionary monologuing at star lord and the rest of them and 
you know, uh, we find out he's going to destroy this world because they're dealing meth um, for no. something we see. It's yeah. not the perfect society like he had meant it to create. Like yeah. it was something. All of Earth's problems just started showing up. Like he yes. didn't improve upon anything. He just made them animal people. Yeah, yeah he just made them oh. like humans. That's all. They're intelligent, but they aren't able to create solutions. They can just seemingly repeat. Not evolved. Yeah, not he evolved. Didn't, he didn't. He didn't evolve them. Yeah, and like evolution is a big uh, theme in this. Like, but they're like later on, they're like grab all the higher life forms and how that ends up playing out and stuff. So, very interesting theme. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a good um, movie. I, like there's a lot of action after this point, and I I think like Nebula and Drax like they try they have to get onto the, the okay. ship. <laughs> To I'll, save, I'll, help, Dave, help me out here. I'll, I'll here. help you out here. Okay, so um, <laughs> Nebula could not go into the the pyramid and where the high evolutionary was located. Uh, Peter and uh, and Groot <laughs> go up, and uh, Nebula is staying there in the front. At the same time, Drax and Mantis uh, getting a little some tomfoolery and decide to uh, disregard what's uh, what Peter said and go and meet him. Uh, so they leave, and then Warpig comes and attacks uh, a Nebula, not Nebula, sorry, Grimora, at the same time as Adam Warlock. Or Warlock kills um, Warpig, and right. uh, but Warpig does indicate to High Evolutionary that they got him. So uh, High Evolutionary is like, okay, we got him, so we don't need, we can move on from this Earth, and he decides to evacuate the 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 counter earth which starts off a, a chain reaction which basically destroys the entire planet um mm -hmm. so uh drax and um and mantis meet up with nebula they uh feeling that they have to rescue peter jump aboard the the high evolutionary ship at the same time that they um, captured the gentleman who stole the codes or uh, took the codes before they were able to get it from Orger Corp. Um, they heist him out of the building, right, and propel off of the the uh, the high evolutionary ship, uh, propel straight to Earth as it's uh, counter Earth as it explode. At the same time, uh, Nebula finally gets control of the <laughs> of the ship and is racing to to be safe as well as trying to uh, find Peter who she does recognize that is on the planet. Um, Adam Warlock tries to get to uh, the Sovereign um, as the ship's blowing up to warn her. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't make it in time. Um, she dies, um, mm -hmm. and um, he is also blown to smithereens um, and is severely hurt, um, but is um, at least picked up by um, Gamora. Gamora is able to save Peter, um, and Peter this finds out... This guy here. That yes. weird little thing that like um, more like attaches himself to in this because he's like a baby, he's like a grown up baby <laughs> Superman, basically with like laser fingers, um, <laughs> laser fingers. Um, so we just have like hijinks in terms of people are mixed up and where they are and everything like that. So, but you missed it. it was, uh, my my favorite scenes and all of that was uh, where Gamora gets all mad at Drax, and then like you know Mantis has to stick up for Drax and says, "Yes, I know he's dumb and." He's like, he always says the wrong thing, but oh, yeah. you know, whatever. You think I'm an idiot? It's like, yeah. of course I do. 
Of course, he's like, I don't know if I care for this defense. And then he's Forget. like, yeah, yeah, yeah she makes it, she like neuralizes him basically. Which... Uh, but it's more, but the, it's all about Gamora. It's not about Drax. It's about Gamora being like just mean to people and only caring about intelligence. And, uh, you know, at the same time, it is an important, it is an important thing that references back to something that Drax also said in volume two and we'll talk about that later on when we're talking about different themes and callbacks it felt more like family you know like that felt like a fight a family would have and like so that's what like i i I like these kinds of like uh these scenes that he has in the movie where you know like they're they're in transition of something and it's 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 less about like we have to just save rocket right now it's like you know the conflict we have between these characters it's it's real people you know, dealing with the situation plus all the baggage that they also have. The baggage doesn't disappear when they have to save someone or or do something. They they carry it with them, and it it leaks out and expresses. And some things thing sometimes things need to be said. It isn't like oh, um, I'm Superman all of a sudden and I just save the day. Everything else doesn't exist. I'm just gonna punch people and then you know pose, and that's it. That's the end of the story. That's not the case. That's that really what makes great superheroes great it's the humanity right it isn't just i'm gonna punch you as hard and then get hit and then we're just gonna do that in the middle of the street right anyways continue uh what i'm trying to remember what else has i know like they show like like the craglin and cosmo show up with nowhere and then they start evacuating like the the higher that's cool there's kind of like the final shows up battle and, and stuff and like them saving the kids and uh, and, and the the various animals and kids and animals. Okay, and, you know, well, all- all right, I'll I'll jump in there. So, okay. all right, all right, all yours. Rocket says to go save the higher life forms, which means like the kids, basically, and whatever people they well, decide they want. They, they get the code. Okay, they they get the code from the the assistant. They're able to save Rocket. Right, Rocket has uh before he comes back, he has a flashback and he gets some closure with Lila and company. Right, and uh, is told that he, it's not time for him to die yet. He gets up. Um, they find out that Nebula and company are on the high evolutionary ship, and <laughs> what is he doing? You talk about afterlife stuff, and take... yeah, afterlife stuff. Oh, okay, look, look, it has a logo. Stop with the logos. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Keep going, Jamil. There they are. No, there you're they just are. absolutely distracting. Okay, Anyways, right, Chiefs. Right. Yes. So, um, um, as Rocket's up, um, they realize the High Evolutionary has blah, blah, blah. Um, they try communicating with uh, Nebula, and then the High Evolutionary, you know, basically tells him, um, you know, to come meet him, making another trap, uh, which Quill points out it isn't a trap when you know it's a face off it's a face off so um uh peter also (laughs) instructs craglin and cosmo to use nowhere uh to help them save the day uh davin you can continue it's like there's no difference between a face off and a trap if like you're gonna get killed when you get there because he's such a more force (laughs) than you no no i'll tell you when i get there is his point yeah exactly no if i see you first yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I'm walking into a trap? I'm walking into it to kill you, and so therefore it's a face-off. Yeah, pretty great. I know it's a trap. It's, it kind of makes sense when you sort of think about it. But um, so yeah, and then 
they're getting the higher life forms off, and Cosmo's holding nowhere up against high evolutionary ship. Like they, they right. kind of and and Rocket got kind of like, flew it into nowhere's bay, sort of. Rocket got cured, yeah. or he got like healed yeah. uh, up, and he yeah, like he nearly dies, but he comes, he he doesn't, and mm-hmm. then you know he's yeah. done running, and then they have that is that like the whole hallway scene? I think comes after maybe after this point. You know, where like they have to like, you know, like where they have to uh, as as a team go down the hall and like fight all these whatever. So I think yeah, right after this. Right. You know, because and, and no, Gamora doesn't want to doesn't want to go. Um, yeah. So um, they're talking about leaving and then Rocket's like, no, we're not done yet. And then Rocket decides to like face them directly. And then you can just see everyone kind of like turn and like go with him you really see rocket lead this is the point where he like i feel takes over his leader right mm-hmm. and or just passed well they even say that like james gunn always said like this whole thing was a rocket story not a peter quill story and it just never yeah. seemed like it until now and they even say that in the movie they're like actually this is your story they say to rocket mm-hmm I forget who says that to him, but yeah. Right. And this is like a CGI character, but they did a really awesome job. He's with so this. good, man. He's my favorite character in this trilogy. Yeah. He seems so real. Like he doesn't just seem yeah. like a CGI raccoon, which I know that's what he yeah. is. But, you know, and the and like Bradley Cooper, to his credit, you know, did really uh, well with this uh, this particular character right from the start. You know, there ain't so. no it sound like Bradley me. Cooper to me. No. You know, Bradley Cooper has a more lucrative um, career as a voice actor, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, what's his Could other be. voice work like uh, that he's known for? Probably something in Hop or something. I don't know. Um, so then Rocket goes into a room and he sees a bunch of little baby raccoons. It reminds him of his own youth as a enslaved baby raccoon. Mm-hmm. And... So then he changes his mind and he sees that they have intelligence and he looks around, he sees kangaroos and all these other animals and they're all looking at him. They all want his help, but they're afraid of him too. And that's when he decides to save all the animals as well. And I would argue save all the plants if you can, if there's some nice plants. plants. (laughs) He was doing experiments on plants too. He might've been. Well, I don't think he, he saw that they were, they had higher intelligence. I think he, well, he they have value. value. They have value. That's yeah. he, that's he had a connection. He found a connection there. Yeah, and like uh, yeah. there's a, there's, and then it says he is a raccoon on the cage. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what that's the theme of this whole movie is that it, value isn't based on intelligence. It's just yeah, life is life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, and so they th- then there's the final showdown I think with the high evolutionary and him and like they you know face rip off, face off, you know, face, off yeah. face off and all that. No traps here. Um, yeah, again gruesome. I was expecting. Oh, see, Jamil, since you're like more familiar with the comics, were you expecting the high evolutionary helmet face? Yes. When they start pulling off, yes. I was like, oh, we're gonna see. He's gonna be like a robot face under there. This is gonna be great. And it's like no. It's just no, it's better. Like red was, skull. <laughs> it looked like red skull or something. Like, it looked like a really gross red like skull. Like Toxie, yeah. though. He looked kind of like Toxie, too. Yeah, and like Toxie. The Toxie nose. Yeah. Yeah. You look like uh, the cover of the Phantom of the Opera, but the one with like Robert England yeah. in like, the 1980s. Uh, it's like, you know, just like, like just a man with no skin, you know, basically. He didn't uh, look like a robot. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. No, 
It was like, and, and then like I thought, like the, the performance was excellent by by as I said before by this actor. Uh, He's so you know, good. Yeah, you like you're, he if, was. If they're gonna was, fire Kang. Just replace him with the High Evolutionary. Yeah, <laughs> like does High Evolutionary die in this movie? I can't really remember. Uh, I guess he does, right? Like, no. Look, no. look, no. look. Unless <laughs> he doesn't die that rule. easily. Make it a rule. If you do not see the person actually die, they're not dead, right? Okay. Even if he like went down in a flaming ship, doesn't matter. That's nah, not enough. Not enough. Was you have Doc- to see them the dead body afterwards, or they're not yeah. dead. And even then, even then, yeah, even then, even then, it's our X Men. Right? It doesn't mean anything. It won't mean, yeah, anything. Um, yeah, and like, what, what else? Uh, I think that they get back, and then the team kind of is that when the team kind of breaks up because they kind of go their separate ways after, like, um, they get they defeat the High Evolutionary and they get everyone back onto nowhere. And well, um, okay, so you have all the life that was <laughs> all the life that was taken from the high evolutionary ship plus some of the workers as well because the workers also evacuated as well um plus all the residents of nowhere um so they had to figure out exactly what they're going to do so uh nebula has become in charge of nowhere with drax as well um to look the over the, take care of the kids uh mantis who has uh, been forever uh, following uh, whether it be um, Ego and then the Guardians has decided to go out on her own and kind of explore herself, yeah. uh, learn herself, learn um, who Same she is. Giant octopus squid eel monsters. The battery-loving uh, monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was yes. taming them in the movie. They were back from part two or whatever. Yes. Um, a lot of callbacks to part two. Uh, Peter, who was reminded repeatedly throughout the the movie how he was wanting to have Nebula back, sorry, Gamora back, but at the same time, he left his grandfather back on Earth and never once went back to see him. So, so cold. Right? So uh, he was going to go and check up on him. Um Gamora, they had a great scene with Gamora and Peter kind of Peter coming to grips that uh, it isn't his Gamora, but at the same time appreciates the person in general that she is, regardless of their connection or their lack of connection as much as before. And Gamora also appreciating Peter as a person, but one that she does not love. And we do see that Peter was wrong in terms of Gamora being this this new Gamora being this heartless person she has found a family her family is the Ravengers right and you you see that that moment of like closeness that the Gamora that we are used to that he's used to had with the Guardians so she also a has a happy ending a great ending for that character that was yeah. it was fair and honest anything yeah. else would have been cheap if she ended up with peter cheap if she ended up with the guardians cheap just a backtrack uh, uh like a, a backtrack right? right um this was like the the most satisfying ending for her i i, I felt i felt for that character gamora that we know and loved she died in infinity war Right. Right. Yeah. But if she just ended up here with Peter, it would like it would make that death cheaper and not meaningful. And so you have to do this almost with the character in order to make to not ruin that, you know, I think. And uh, what was already would have hooked up with her sister, her twin sister. 
Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's, it, it's whatever. So I think she prefer um, this Gamora because she acts more like comic book Gamora. I didn't really like the Gamora in the last two movies as much. She was too soft to be Gamora. <laughs> soft, like she well, she was like more Gamora. more of a good Gamora is hard, man. Gamora is, and she was. I guess this version <laughs> of Gamora is. I guess yeah, you're right. Closer to her like comic that. book character. A little more ruthless, but um, it also leaves the door open that if they have to come together again, you do have that dynamic of like the Gamora from the comic books, right, coming back and being a part of the Guardians if necessary, right. So you do have that ability to get a comic, a more comic accurate situation or storyline with that character. Um, Man just had a great scene there too, though, when she was jumping on everybody and making them all do different kind of weird, silly things, and then she finally yeah. jumps on somebody and goes violent rage, and she just <laughs> like make that person start shooting everybody. But she made else. that one guy dance or whatever. Yeah, just like dance, happy. stand on one foot, violent rage. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's my probably my favorite character, maybe in the movie is Mantis. Uh, she, her, like, her, she's always uh, hilarious. Um, I thought that. Um, the you know like everything like with the ending with the post credit scenes or the mid credit scenes was you know setting up a new generation I guess or a new version of the Guardians uh, team well, was good and well well there you go the comics a new is coming <laughs> so this team is, I'm excited about this new team so this was more closer to the team of the Abnett and Lanning run which was Rocket and Groot. Warlock was on the team. Phyla Vell, which we have here. I didn't realize that little girl was going to be Phyla. I should have guessed because of the white hair. She's Kree in the uh, comics, so they're, they're just going to get rid of that. But that's fine. They've been like swapping alien races around like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Same with High Evolutionary, whatever. Right. Um, and Phyla Vell's a great character. She is a couple with uh, Drax's daughter in the comics, Moondragon. Yep. New Dragon and Phyla, one of the my the, one of the power couples of Marvel Comics. And uh yeah, so that's a they had, and generally the Guardians of the Galaxy are a little more powerful than this kind of team was. Um like they have, you know, Drax is kind of powerful and Groot can do a lot of stuff, but like they usually do have kind of cosmic world beaters on their team like a Warlock and a Phyla Bell. So this is getting closer to the yeah. To it's it's, it's a bit more of a formidable team in a lot of ways. Yeah, than, yeah. they deal with a lot of cosmic threats. Right, yeah. and and so it was also in the post credit scenes. Like I know we there's I I didn't stay around for the Peter talks to his grandfather. Apparently that came at the end. I I had to go to Max. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Why did you leave? I had Max's birthday. I had to go. So it was uh, Max had, can wait. No, he couldn't. Man. I already had missed the surprise part of the party. So I was like, okay, well, I'll find out what happened later. So what, well, it was, what, did, what did I miss, guys? You, Tell me what can, I missed. I, I, I had the mid credit. I stayed for the mid credit. I didn't stay for the final credit. No, bro. You got you got to. Well, the final oh. credit scene wasn't the best, actually. The, it was just the eating the cereal. And the, the, the funny joke. Star-Lord will return. Star-Lord. So, so, so Star the legendary Star-Lord. The legendary. Star-Lord. Is he going to get his own movie? You think it's no? It's just like it'll be a show, likely. Oh, really? I don't think so. I think he's just going to appear in another movie. Maybe, Maybe he'll join the Avengers. The way they used just... the way they did the the logo, the legendary Star Lord. That's the exact same logo as his solo comic run. I so that suggests to me a TV show. I don't want a TV show with this man. Why not? <laughs> oh, you don't want this crazy like adventures through space? See, that's. 
See, that's better for me for a Guardians. I'm kind of liking these TV shows. Because, like, a lot of these, like, the Abbott and Landing run is, like, a lot of issues. <laughs> it's, like, 50 I just, issues. I and it's, like, think, I like these adventures. I don't think they're going to do that where he's going to go into space. Well, could he get it mixed up with whatever Nick, Fu- on Nick Fury is yes. up to with um, the space stuff? Secret Invasion? No. No, not Secret Invasion. That would be pointless. No. No. Because no one would know him enough to say that he's. But he knows in- space stuff. Yeah, does he? I mean, yeah, he does. But like, anyway, the the joke at the end is just that whole thing about he, like mowing another man's grass. He's like, he, they want him to help out by mowing the lawn. He's like, look, I'll do it. But you know, he's a forty-five-year-old man, and yeah. something weird about mowing another man's grass. What's he just going to be sitting there watching me while I mow his grass? Like, what's going on? Here? Was the joke I missed? Yeah, yeah, that was, was the pretty, joke. It was pretty funny. And um, the old man's just like, "Don't get me started." Stone's like, "Well, now I kind of want to know." <laughs> I think um, it would uh, make more sense that he's involved with the Eternals than anything. Uh, okay, yeah. uh, like, like, what? I'm curious to see what they do with that character by himself. You know, in the next project, and when that's going to happen, if that's down the line or sooner than later. Because so. I don't really like care the- about him being involved with Kang. I don't care about him being a part of the Avengers or or anything like that. Like, oh no, Shang Chi and um, Star Lord, you know, meet. That could be fun. I Aquafina and Star Lord. How about that? No, no. I think <laughs> I think the Eternals would need that kind of a good couple. <laughs> I think the Eternals would be more of an interesting uh, situation overall. Anything to make the Eternals. I don't think they're going to do another Eternals movie. Oh, the Eternals yeah. couldn't handle that funny of a character uh, we'll coming see. into their movie. No, I think uh, it's the perfect it's the perfect way to do an Eternal, a second Eternals, because you have Star Lord there as the as the chaser. Well, they have uh, Star Fox now. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, guys, do you want to rate this <laughs> movie? Should we rate this? Yeah, why don't we? Uh, okay, let me bring this up. Um, we'll out. What, this what recap has made me um, has put a lot of things into focus for me. Where's the spreadsheet here? Hold on. Um, that answers the what next, the whole thing about the legendary Star-Lord. Like, we won't see the Guardians as a team for a while. They may come back with a new lineup in, like, ten years. Who knows? They're just going to be off doing their space stuff. Maybe we'll get dropped cameos, but I don't think we'll see a Guardians of the Galaxy movie for quite some time. Which is good. It's just, it's just, yeah, I agree. It's just going to be Star-Lord popping up and things. I want to look at the ratings. And, and his solo comics never really grabbed me. It gets into his father as like one of the Spartacs and all that stuff. And it's just... Really grab me. All right, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. In terms of what I think this should get, um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, I'm willing to go into at least the nines. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with a rating of nine point two. Give me a oh. Um. Hmm. I would say I would give it a. 9.5 from Davin averaging a 9.4 it would have been a 10 if it wasn't for all the flashbacks (laughs) fair enough and it was I think I I don't think it needed to be two and a half hours I think they could have made it two hours 
It didn't so feel think, like there was two and a half hours. I think they could have cut at least didn't to 15, me either. To, 15 minutes out of the movie. I think that's why it's a not perfect movie for me, but uh, otherwise I thought it was really good, you know, so maybe less flashbacks, maybe less um, something. I don't know. Like uh, maybe, these things since werewolf by night, according to the Mary Mater Marvel society, of course, according to us. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Best thing in a while. Actually, well, since uh, in a while, night. Um, I liked Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special a lot more than you guys did. So it like it was uh once again it, it felt out of place, but it makes more sense now that you have volume three. Right. So it's a comp- you you know it's a companion piece to volume three. Um it's it is a setup, but you know, it's um Sell- get- they should they should be putting it with the volume three DVD and Blu-ray, honestly. It's uh it, they should forget about it. They for sure get they ever made it. I disagree. This is a high up there. This will this will hold up as one of our higher rated things. It was great. She-Hulk. It's one of the best Marvel movies, I think. She Hulk. I flirted with me. giving it a ten. I didn't. I know. What's next, guys? What's next like, in the Mary Mater Marvel Society? Uh, Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Secret Invasions yeah. is a movie or a show? Show. Show in June. Starting in June. Show. It'll only okay. be like. It'll only be like six episodes. It's not going to be very long. Yeah. And this is Asian, then um, Loki, then the Marvels. I'm excited for Loki. I'm looking I, forward to the Marvels. That trailer was good. The yep. Marvels, yeah, like that looks good. Like, uh, like it makes sense for them to get all those characters together, I guess now and after they've all been set up, right? So this, the timing of this makes sense. Um, I like. I think that the the first Captain Marvel movie I was kind of like fine with, and like I think that this actually is maybe more interesting. So. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I I liked I, I like the show <laughs> the Kamala like a question I like the show with Kamala Khan kind of but I also feel like I'm way too old for it I feel like it's for Zoomers and younger like it's not really Zoomers directed for me so I feel like I'm like oh man I'm old like I'm not this is not my I show. loved it I loved Miss Marvel and I'm the elder statesman here in in our house uh, <laughs> well dang. there you go well i'm well i'm a, a year older than you though so maybe that's why it's how do you measure age um in years <laughs> oh i do it in beard length <laughs> so i'm the youngest as is of course tradition right as is tradition um yes. some some cleanup let's do some cleanup so um as i was mentioning there's a lot of callbacks that we saw um, yep. One of the most important callbacks that we saw was the, um, oh, it's all connected. I love it. I love it. Um, was the quote from uh, from Drax about there's two types of people in the world. Those who dance and those who do not. Right. Right. And that was something that where Drax felt dancers were pathetic. Right. And to see the, the. Well, the there's. Leg- more and then he does dance yeah at the, at the no not go go ahead davin go ahead oh he he i believe he says in the first movie something his wife used to dance his wife and was a dancer it, yes and he hates dancing since she died now that yes. she said now he hates dancing yes yeah. right right so for drax you see his character who was holding on to this hurt from his family being gone, his daughter being gone, his wife being gone, right? And this was the exhale for this character, finally, was able um, to open up his heart completely, right? And let joy in. In addition, in volume two, 
you had uh, Drax talk about calling Mantis ugly, right? Right. And uh, I wanted to get the exact quote. I got that for you. So he's just like, yes, you're terribly ugly. And she's just like, you're, he's like, you're horrible to look at. And she's just like, oh, he's like, but that's great because, you know, people who like you really like you for who you are. But but that's where it's a callback to this new one because she's like, you think I'm ugly? He's like, of course. And he goes, you think I'm stupid? And she goes, of course. Yes. So she's just reversing the line. Yes, but of you, course she erases his memory. <laughs> this yes. is kind of cheating. But <laughs> we, as we as the viewers, see the the connection that the two have. That despite these things, they still care about them so each other so deeply. Right. That's why their mo- their 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 separation was so impactful to me as well. I got very emotional with that too. Um, those two she'll come back green if it's anything like the comics and we see Mantis (laughs) again she started off like fleshy color and then she becomes the celestial Madonna and goes off into space and comes back green yeah I I hope we see her again she was she was she's uh one one of the characters I like a lot in this franchise so the thing about being the celestial Madonna in the comic but in the comics you see Mantis can't die if you kill her she'll just like show up in a cocoon on the nearest planet that has like plants and then hatch out of it so, wow. so her discovering herself uh, should uh, hopefully unlock that ability so we can get once again a more a closer representation of, well um, give, give Mantis yeah doing more with her in the future like outside of the Guardians I think it'd be interesting you know? yeah, um, we know that Rocket is the new leader because he is given the Zune to be in charge of yeah he's in charge of the well, playlist whoever's running the music uh yes. which again makes sense because rocket usually is the leader of the guardians not yes. star lord um, like this all makes a lot more sense craglin finally is able to learn to control the um the needle arrow arrow thing yeah yeah um what else i like um, when he like he finally gets it and he just like flinks it off that guy, he's just like, yeah, I finally got it. it just goes, clink. Who did that? And he just hides away. Who threw that at me? Yeah. That, was, that was a great scene. Um, and Warlock being a part of the team. Uh, and, uh, the, and the dog, Cosmo, was a good dog by the end. Yes. And good dog. Good dog. It's, yes. She's like, yeah, uh, so the Russians just threw me up into space, but never planning on bringing me back. <laughs> Not once dog. did they call me a bad dog. Yeah, what did they go? And like Howard the Duck was there at one point too. Yeah, Howard the Duck. Oh yeah, at the poker table. I was trying to see who else was at that poker table. That was just quick, and they looked kind of generic. Yeah, looked like a bunch of ravagers or something. Like, yeah, looked like a bunch of ravagers. Yep. And that's it for me. I, I really like those moments. Um, really heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. movie. Good movie. I I think this was. I a, like. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I just think it was back to form for the MCU. I think it was, I think, uh, you know, James Gunn, uh, you know, the, all the, all the epic, he was fired from this movie, then rehired. And like, there was a huge story and just that, you know, and now he's going off to DC to do all of that. And, you know, I think, I think he's going to probably do well over there. Um, you know, I already, like I said, I really loved Peacemaker, what he did with that show. And so, you know, it kind of, it's an end of an era here as like this guardians kind of thing. He did this trilogy is over. 
So it's kind of, I think, mm-hmm. uh, nice. Is this the best trilogy of the MCU? I think you can only compare it to the Captain America trilogy, and I think it's better than the Captain Iron America Man trilogy. No, Iron, it's oh, not the Iron Man. Captain, Captain Iron America Man. is still the best trilogy, I think. I, I think that because the first this one's Captain close, America, though. The first Captain America movie, I don't really like that much. Like the first, the first Avenger. I so, like it a lot. Uh, Shame on so I think that for they for me I as a trilogy goes I think Guardians is stronger but I really love like Civil War and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier's still the best Marvel movie. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like Winter it's up there for me too. So I good. like Civil War actually more than Winter Soldier. But uh, oh, wow. you know that's just It's me. like a movie like even just like just with outside all the Marvel stuff too Winter Soldier is just a really good movie. But yes. oh one thing I add to the what next. When I want to see the Guardians as a team return it would be by the time Phyla is old enough to be dating Drax's daughter who didn't die and you get this return of the team and it's Rocket and Groot and Phyla who's older and you get Moondragon who's Drax's daughter and Warlock. That's the team. That's the team. Unfortunately, I think what you're going to get is um, was Phyla and um, and Love from Love and Thunder. Phyla and Love. Phyla might be the one they throw in the Young Avengers. We're going to see love again. They're not going to put Phyla in Young Avengers. She's too powerful. You wouldn't even need the rest of that team. And and also that she has. You need Arrow Girl. (laughs) Arrow Girl. Kate Bishop. Arrow Girl. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Bishop. I just want give me a a Yelena movie. Can I just have like a two? Well, I guess we're getting one Thunderbolts, but. There's gonna be two other, too many other characters in that. I just want Elena. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I really like Elena too. I think she was uh, the best thing to come out of that Black Widow stuff that they did. So thank you for the girls' night. Yeah, it's, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Relax, Kate Bishop. I just want to talk, okay? When, when are they gonna make the um, the Elena cookbook? <laughs> She's making Mac macaroni. <laughs> macaroni in the pot. I love it. Mac and cheese, craft dinner. Oh, the only other thing before we wrap this up, the only other what next I would add is I want to see more high evolutionary. This guy was you want you want this villain to come with the mask. Oh with the mask. Yeah. With the mask, of course, because now he's like he got no face again. That's That's the first thing I thought too. I was like, Well, when they do that, I'm like, Yeah, now they have to bring him back with a real like face covering because the skin wasn't holding up. He needs uh, something a little better than that. Yeah, He'll learn from his mistake. Uh, are you still? I, I'm curious to see what they do with Kang and um, in Loki. I guess you know in particular, but the re- replacement yeah, Terrence we'll Howard. Out. Are they gonna replace? You think he'll get replaced? that? Would be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, Terrence I really Howard like is the Terrence new Howard Kang. Along well, as an actor. That's that's a little bit of a spoiler because I made a video that I've been sitting on, uh, which uh, which kind of shows uh, Terrence Howard at the beginning of it um, getting kicked out of the Iron Man two. Uh, you know, production meeting, and then gets fired, and then Terrence ha- the uh, the reports about Kang, and then it's like the return of the replacement. You know, so <laughs> that would be pretty funny. So, yeah. what do we think? Do we think that we think they're replacing Kang? Uh, you got they still have time. Hot water, right? Um, they still have time. Like yeah. uh, Jonathan Majors, because did he beat up his girlfriend or something? Or allegedly, well, yeah. Now just like everyone's just like, oh, he was always a psychopath. We oh. just didn't say anything. You think you might do a background check on these guys before you hire them to play yeah, you, like you these massive? Uh, background, people don't care about background checks because look, um, 
it's it's the court of public opinion for the most part. And as much as Amber Heard did a whole bunch of b- bad stuff, you know, uh, Johnny Depp ain't without fault. Right. And the fact that from the aftermath of that, people are like, oh, yeah, um, Johnny was right all along. And like, no, I was paying attention during this thing. And there's a whole bunch of scummy stuff that he was involved in. But that's just completely being brushed aside. Right. Because they only read the headline. They didn't read the body of the story. So, yeah, it's just well, a bunch of creepy it's rich people of... being creepy rich people, man. It's like I couldn't yeah. find that story like less interesting. So like, at the end of the day, this shit? at the end of the day, if the headline of Jonathan Major's situation is Jonathan Major um, is not guilty, right? They will continue oh, on. Agreed, they would. <laughs> they will continue. Ezra was able but to, but, but it's not going to be that kind of a situation. A guilty, not guilty. It's just money's going to change hands, and is that going to be enough for them? Well, it's the court of public opinion. That's how, that's how these things really go. It's like money well, changes hands. Look, if <laughs> Flash makes a billion dollars, then like, what standing does Marvel have to replace him? Why? Because uh, they're like DC's keeping a pedophile on the payroll. It's like, well, we're not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. True. <laughs> so, I mean, true. Credit for that. Anyway, on that note. Yes. On that note, uh, we'll be back in for Secret Invasion, I guess, and in, uh, soon enough. Yep. July, maybe we'll be covering that, and then uh, we get the Marvels later this year. Yep. And In what the, else? Loki season two. Loki season two. Yeah. So all that's that's fun, guys. I can't wait to get into that stuff, mm-hmm. especially the Loki, as I mentioned. So are we gonna do the show just like the whole series? That usually we do it week. once we've watched all the whole show. Yeah. Instead of like doing it week every episode is too annoying. Too annoying. Yeah. To mm. try to yeah. do, I find like we do it for Picard and stuff like that, but <laughs> but we can't do it. For I do this. it for a we don't do it for this thirty year old yeah. cartoon. Yeah. It, yeah. True. But that's Dave likes to binge. In terms of like that, those shows because it's like they're just like longer movies, really. You know, I watch it episodically. So, yeah. Check out our other uh, podcast in our United Federation. I don't have all that stuff loaded up here, so we'll just carry on. Trust me, there's stuff. Oh, we have. Or do you got some stuff? Oh, there you go. Yeah, but you see, but then you're taking my background away. I know, but we're just going to be putting up graphics. So we got, you know, the United Federation of Podcasts. Just hold up a movie podcast with David and Murphy every second Wednesday. Just did heist Mm -hmm. movies. Jamil was on. Yep. Yep. We went for four hours. Four hours. We were trying to cut it down to two. Yeah. Check that out. (laughs) Uh, David's also got. David and Andre good. X-rated on Tuesdays. X-Men: The Animated Review Show. Um, yeah. What are you guys up to now? What do you do next? Uh, what do we got happening? I think David Cutler's going to join us on Tuesday. I'm not sure, oh. but either way, we'll be there. Back to regular time at eight, and then we have an interview with the voice of Cable Lauren Spain coming up. And you know, I've got other irons in the fire. Big things over there at X-Men. Look yeah, and Andre's also got the Gra- Graphic Histories podcast. Um, most recently, never... they talked about Godzilla, the history of Godzilla. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. The Who's also going to come on X rated, actually, I think, for our season finale. So. There you go. 
Uh, Eamon on track, a new uh, audio podcast where Eamon, my son, reviews music albums with a different guest. Uh, Davin's been on the show. I've been on the show. Jamil will eventually be on the show. If he eventually. Ever... But uh, coming up this Tuesday, uh, Eamon will be talking about with Adam Woodward about um, an album from uh, the Pogues in, the, in 1985. Um, it's called Sodomy, the Cl- something or other. Um, something rum sodomy in the lash it's called from yeah um oh yeah classic yeah it's gonna be coming up trivial debates uh will be is 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 going strong we're working on the next episode with chris seymour hosting and myself and Davin and Eamon probably coming in to compete for this next one. Uh, there's also Live Long and Podcast, the Star Trek channel all the time. The Mothership. The Mothership. Yeah, or we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise, Connection. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. We just did Star Trek Picard. We're going to be doing Star Trek Lower, or no, Strange New World Strange Season New 2 in the very near future. All those great shows. Uh, plus, like, Star Trek Radio Theater. We have our debate shows and trivias in our various divisions. And Locutors are track. We just did a tier ranking of all the captains. And that was a very popular thing. People, people are demanding we do more of them. And Oh, I, really? Yeah, okay. I think we might have to indulge them. You're going to do the Bad Roll one next? Actually, I have some ideas for more of those. So, I think maybe uh, I also like maybe rank ships, like maybe like the, the, the various mm-hmm. um, uh, the hero ships, at least, you know um mm-hmm. and, and going through them or like the, the notable ones so that could be fun and uh this channel as well back here on super mater brothers podcasting we're also covering things like survivor season season 44 which has got two more episodes to go uh jameel and uh foster and sometimes jeff you know he's on there too um we're, we're covering that show and then big brother canada 11 which is new, uh, f- having its finale this thursday so we're going to do two more uh podcasts jameel is going to be covering the i think right are you covering tuesday jameel uh, i uh, guess yeah yeah well, if you want to and then thursday we're going to toronto we're going to be uh watching the finale we're going to see rob has a podcast uh and then you know we'll see where the night takes us from there but uh, it's gonna be exciting to uh uh, be downtown and uh for the uh, the finale big brothers also happening right there. devin's favorite place in all of the world yeah he downtown loves toronto. Downtown toronto he loves yeah. it he loves it toronto stinks. it's just like when uh when homer goes to new york city it's his favorite place you know he can't wait to get there he looked for <laughs> club kalash everywhere and i couldn't find any go to toronto i want club kalash <laughs> yes i think those are all the plugs so um all right maybe well, Go back and look at the previous episodes. Ah, nah. Let it die. No. <laughs> I you always come back to it down the road. It's not a bad yeah, idea. See. Simpsons is a great show, so but it's I know you have a lot going I'm on. I'm kind of it's enjoying TV. having three podcasts instead of four. Well, I don't blame you. you know, so like maybe that's when you do when you're just got nothing else to going on. So the winter. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 out of hibernation now. All right. Thanks for joining us on the Mary Mary Mater Marvel Society Socialites. Thanks, everybody. uh, See you next time. Just making up stuff that he's saying, right? No!